are stumped. Conversation, information, and education. For amputees, by amputees. With Paul Newfeld and Chris Marshall. Made possible by Anderson Orthopedics and LimLoss.ca. Hello to everyone. Paul and I back at the table for today's interview and discussion. Today's podcast is brought to you by Anderson Orthopedics, where we specialize in custom orthotics and prosthetics. Come see the group of professional orthotists and prosthetists, where quality, craftsmanship, and comfort is most in, our most important goal. See us on the web at www.andersonortho.ca or call us at 204-837-7190. Anderson Orthopedics, where mobility is our priority. Hey everyone, on today's podcast, you're going to be listening to Matt Romanish, a physiotherapist from Benefit Strength and Rehabilitation here in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Matt is a physiotherapist that has worked with a couple of amputees already, and we thought it'd be best to bring him on the program to discuss some physiotherapy issues that we have as amputees. Matt graduated from the University of Manitoba with his Bachelor of Kinesiology in 2012. He then continued his studies at the University of Manitoba and graduated with his Master's of Physiotherapy in 2014. Uh, Matt was also selected as an advanced orthopedic manual therapy student, which allowed him to be mentored by some of the best physiotherapists in Manitoba. Since graduating in 2014, Matt has completed the orthopedic manual therapy level one, level two, upper and lower, and level three, upper and lower courses. He has also completed facial movement tapping course. Matt has plans to further his education by learning acupuncture. Uh, he, his rehabilitation approach often includes a combination of manual therapy and specific exercises to help you return to full function as safely and as quickly as possible. This, I hope, will benefit all of you uh, as we listen to a ph- physiotherapist gives his side of what amputees face. Let's listen in. All right. Hey, everybody. How are you doing, Paul? I'm doing awesome and warm. It is warm today. Yeah, it's like only 26, but the humidex and the sun, no wind. It was awesome. It's crazy warm. So today we're bringing you a topic that everybody deals with in the amputee world, physiotherapy. We're here with... We're here with Matt Romanishan from Benefit Strength and Rehabilitation talking to us about physiotherapy. Matt, how are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me here, Chris. No, no issues. First of all, Matt, tell me what is a physiotherapist? Ah, uh, well, to be honest with you, if you ask 10 different physiotherapists, you're going to get 10 <laughs> different answers to be <laughs> to be honest with you, but uh uh, if you were to ask me, um, it's basically someone who's going to help you with the rehab process, um, and, and whether it's an injury for pain or management, um, sometimes it's not even an injury, it's just fitness. Um, so for me, it's kind of the physical well-being uh, and rehabilitation. That That's how I would describe it. Good. Good enough for me. It makes I, me understand. I like it. It makes me want to go. I do. You know <laughs> what? I have one question for you before we get going. Somebody asked sure. me the other day, and I'm just curious about it, If we could, before we get going, what's the difference between a physiotherapist and athletic therapist? Yeah. Yeah. That's I figured question. that question was coming. Yeah. And that's a tough one to answer, too. Um, the way that I answer it to, to anybody is it's there's a ton of similarities, um, but here in, in Manitoba, 
the programming is what would make the difference for me. So athletic therapists deal with musculoskeletal injuries mm-hmm. and, and they're more immediate uh, and um, uh, so, so kind of on-field type stuff. Right. Okay. Uh, so, you know, for, for us, the bombers or mm-hmm. the jets, the, yeah. those are going to be your people. Um, and then physios, we are uh, neuromusculoskeletal and cardiorespiratory programs. So neuromusculoskeletal and, um, and cardiorespiratory. And, uh, you know, probably would be more the the after you see an athletic therapist on field, they'll send you to a physio type of ah, thing. Good, good, good. So tell us, Matt, a bit about yourself. How did you get into physiotherapy? Or I guess a better question is, why did you get into physiotherapy? Sure, yeah. Um, just growing up, always being active and uh, and into sports and uh, hockey being the main one. And mm-hmm. then, uh, of course, with uh, hockey is going to come some injuries. So mm-hmm. I went to physio quite a bit uh, myself. And uh, I think after after the sports, uh, you know, I, I always went in, wanted to go to university and my undergrad was kinesiology, and I still didn't know what I wanted to do. Uh, so I did some volunteering, and, and one place was at a physio clinic, and that's that's probably where my interest really sparked. Awesome. So yeah. I guess you kind of described what physiotherapist is. Is there specific conditions that you can treat as a phys- as a physiotherapist? Yeah, I mean that's that's a wide range question. Like I said, there we're basically split into three categories. So the neuro component, um, that's that's more more kind of in hospital type mm-hmm. uh, physios, and and so that would be things like MS or Parkinson's and mm-hmm. uh, anything neurological. Uh, then cardiorespiratory. So here in Winnipeg, it's uh, it's the St. B Hospital, and that's heart attacks and valve replacements and stuff like that. And then where I am at, uh, it, it is both private and public um but i'm in the private sector and and that's just orthopedics so that's very very wide um that i always joke around with people saying you know you can see anything from the top of your head to the bottom of your foot like literally anything so um to to name a few conditions i mean is is impossible like it, it, it could be anything if you're hurting come see you well (laughs) (laughs) to a certain point point, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah um is there a time in your life when you're sitting at home or you're doing activity, cutting the grass or uh, whatever it is, is there a time when you say to yourself, I think I need to go see a physiotherapist? Is there some kind of specific thing we know, we feel? Is it just a general body thing? Or when would you suggest as a physiotherapist would be the best time that we should come and seek your profession? Yeah, that's a good question. I get that one quite often too, especially, you know, patients wanting to send family members or friends. Mm -hmm. Um, My, my, you know, a motto that I would go by is, is no one should live in pain. And, uh, and of course there's times where you're going to have some discomfort, some aches and pains, chronic or acute, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. Um, but, you know, you, you kind of ask the comment when you're just sitting at home, when should I go to physio? If you're sitting at home and you're in pain, uh, that, you know, that's not normal. So uh, so going to see a physio for any any ache or pain, um, again, whether it's acute or, uh, acute or chronic, then, yeah, that's, that's when I would suggest going to see someone. Is there anything that would, say, differ between whether I go see you or I go see, a, like, an orthopedic surgeon or a doctor? Is there, I'm guessing... Education-wise, um, 
Is there something you could tell us? Like, what would be the difference, maybe? Well, so physio is obviously conservative, um, conservative management. Mm-hmm. So, so for a lot of people who have an injury, let's say you have a fall, um, you're probably going to go to your family doctor first, and they should make the decision. Okay, we're going to try and go the conservative route and manage this without a surgery. So that's physio, um, and uh, and again, you can go. You're going to get a variety of different treatments if you go for physio, uh, or if they think that it's really serious and, and imaging will help that. So things like x-rays and MRIs will help that. And if you have a, you know, a full on tear or rupture of something or, or a serious fracture or dislocation, um, you know, it, it, it depends on the situation, but then instead of going to physio, they might just say, nope, let's, let's go right for, uh, an orthopedic consultation, uh, potentially a surgery, and then, of course, after the surgery comes physio. So <laughs> it, it's kind of like a full circle. I had a bit of a similar experience uh, when I still had my foot. It was go see physio. And I was yeah referred to physiotherapists, and, and they were great. I mean, they kept me walking, kept me fit. And then we just got to a point where yeah, when I went to see my surgeon, he's, then he just gave me the ultimatum. Like, are we going to amputate or are we going to fuse? And I think it was, I think the statistic was around 90% of fusions end up being amputations. Yeah, yeah. So and it's it's pretty... Yeah. And you know what, even even if someone does have a, a consultation for, for any orthopedic um, procedure, you know, lots, lots of times I'll see people in that downtime or meantime, whatever you want to call it, and you just try and manage as best as you can, both in regards to pain, but also function. So for you, for example, you know, you said they got me up moving and walking. Yeah. If you didn't do that, if you just sat around, your outcomes would likely not have been as good. So um yeah, you know, there's there's times to see a physio, you know, kind of before, during, and after. Um, there's a place for you guys in every step, yeah, any kinda, stage kind of thing. Kind of, yeah. Um, I guess with that conversation, um, I guess it's true what they say, though. You see the trend now flowing in the healthcare system, Matt, uh, where... Um, in the old days, I, I can remember years back when I was a kid in the hospital, it was lie down and get better. Now we've almost gone completely opposite. Um, as a physiotherapist, you must see the benefits. If you have a surgery or if you have a ailment, it's best to get up and keep get moving again. Is that something you guys agree with now? Uh, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's definitely getting away from the whole bed rest concept. And, okay. uh, and that's not just physios. I would say that's, that's everyone. So we often get papers sent with us from patients, from their doctors and their surgeons saying, okay, this is the timeline I want you to follow. Uh, you know, week zero to two, do this. Week two to four, do these exercises and so forth. Mm-hmm. And it's very much active rehab so it's it's get get moving i'll I'll give a simple example um you know back back in the day if you if you uh had a shoulder separation you know i'm a hockey guy i see Mm -hmm. a lot of those all the time uh they used to put you in a sling for a couple weeks and uh and kind of rest it and then as things healed then you move forward but but nowadays um you know, you might still get a sling for a few days, but the idea is take the sling off, do some simple exercises and keep it moving, um, even though it does have to heal. But, you know, we're trained to do the proper movements. Don't do anything wild. And, and right. that, that's about it. Yeah. Don't try to deadlift 350 pounds on your first try. No. Yeah. Don't do that. But I mean, one of my favorite, one of my favorite quotes right now, I don't know if it's a quote or just uh, an idea is exercise is medicine. 
Yeah. And that's, I, I can completely attest to that. And it's, it's made my life, improved my life drastically. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think as a physio and, and most physios would do this. I mean, it doesn't matter how fresh someone is off an injury. I'm giving exercises to per, like a hundred percent every, every person that I see. I so that. how long, if you know the answer to this great, like, in if we keep talking about the way it used to be compared to the way it was now it was a lot of bed rest and then that and now we're kind of changing focus where we want them to get moving we got them to get active uh which obviously increases your chances of 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 rehabilitation but it doesn't take long being immobile that your muscles start to atrophy and you really start to lose that mass and the function. Is that not correct? That's absolutely correct. Yeah. I mean, uh, when you're saying immobilized, whether it's a cast or a sling or you're on crutches, mm. um, you know, thinking of the calf, if you're on crutches. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I heard you start to say how long, and I think it differs for everyone, right. but, um, I would, I would go as far as saying like, it's, it's, you know, half a week to a week before you're starting to notice there's, there's a difference. So, um, even putting weight through a joint or, or a limb or whatever it may be is important, right? You know, pr- pretty early on because it, it does not take a long time for things to atrophy, like you said. Yeah, and you, you kind of answered my next question. And I mean, I know this is kind of a silly question, but it is true that um, because in in our life, in the amputee life and with people that I see, the one of the most primary questions is how long is this going to take me? And the answer truly is it differs for every person. Does it not like that is the that is 100% true statement that it diff, the recovery time differs for every human out there. Yeah, and that's for for most injuries as well. I mean, we have, we have a joke in physio um, people ask us those questions and most of the time you're going to get the response it depends. It depends. And, you know, it depends on how old you are. It depends on how fit you are. It depends on hereditary stuff. It depends on on on, on your work, on your job. It depends on so many things. Too many so, factors to list. Yeah. Too so if factors. I say it depends, then it depends. Yeah, it you, really yeah does. you guys get. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just to clarify that both Paul and I do see Matt. Uh, Matt is our physiotherapist, and he's worked yeah. with both of us. Um, Matt, let's get in a little bit into the appointment because a lot of people out there that listen to us have probably never seen a physiotherapist. If you're an amputee, chances are you've seen a PT Good at sense. some point in your life. If not in the uh, rehab. But if you the haven't rehab. and you're listening this for the uh, as a support or a caregiver, um, what's an average appointment like? Like how long does an average appointment? Obviously, the first one is is an assessment, right, of what's going on. Uh, so what's your average appointment? I walk in to see the physiotherapist. What are we going to go through? Yeah. So, um, for me again, I'm going to, I'm going to speak on behalf of myself and yep. it's, and it's private practice. Yep. So it's not in the hospital. Right. This is, this is outpatient. Kind outpatient of, only. Yep. So you're, you're coming to my clinic and you're coming to see me. So the first one is an initial assessment. Um, I mean, you're looking at an hour long appointment and the first thing that's going to happen is you're going to sit down, you're going to tell me your story. I'm going to ask you all the questions that I need, um, uh, for my assessment and everything that's relevant to your injury. Uh, then we're going to go through a bunch of different tests, different movements. I'm going to check out a bunch of different things. Uh, everything's essentially hands-on, so range of motion, strength, uh, stress, stress test, stability, all that type of stuff. Um, and then we'll have a small chat about what I'm finding, what the game plan is, uh, and what I think is the most uh, important thing uh, moving forward. And, and that's when we set up a game plan together. So also, too, rest assured with some of these people you work 
if the the situation calls for it, you do work hand in hand with the doctors that are involved well to create this care plan then, right, too. Yeah, yeah, more or less. I mean, if need be, then we'll be sending letters. Um, well, they don't really send us letters, to be honest with you. They, they, uh, they'll send their... Um, They'll send the paperwork as in, uh, you know, by again, by yeah. stage by stage or timeline by timeline. They'll send us what th- what they're thinking or what they want, if it's a surgery, that is. Yeah. Um, but for, for updates, um, yeah, I definitely send uh, send letters. And, of course, that's on patient consent. So uh, they, they say, hey, you know, I want you to talk to my doctor and tell them what's going on and, and so forth. So I'll, I'll fax them a letter. Yeah. Now, let's talk about our province alone obviously we're in winnipeg manitoba canada and we're gonna focus on what we have for those people out there in in our neck of the woods and it's different everywhere hey paul different provinces different cities absolutely different countries we got a lot of u.s listeners and a lot of listeners all over the world we don't know what your situation is so we're going to talk to those that are listening from winnipeg canada so is physiotherapy covered yeah okay so so now this this is um it's interesting it's yeah and it's changed recently so physiotherapy is covered by manitoba health in the hospitals but as of two novembers ago i guess that's 2017 okay um certain departments have closed down so right um i know i know i don't know all departments because i don't work in the hospital but for example the hands department um if you have a hand surgery or a complex hand injury they're still open at health science center that's the hospital mm-hmm. um and uh and the hsc program um for that, amputees that, for amputees that we yep. spoke about that's open as well yeah but the public sector where if you didn't have coverage, you you know you might look into it. That is essentially closed now. So, okay. uh, and even before it was closed, there was still a super long wait list. So, um, so through Manitoba Health, really just a f- few select departments are still open. Um, like I said, the neuro uh, neurological and cardiorespiratory stuff that yeah. that still offered. Um, yeah. But then then other than that, it's private practice, uh, and that's when uh, when insurance I, I guess comes into it Pri- sure. private insurance so uh, if I if I hurt myself I require surgery I go to the hospital there's physio for me there but if I hurt myself to a point where I won't need surgery there's no coverage is that a kind of a, an idea of it yeah that's that's pretty that's accurate I would idea. say again minus the hands department okay. and and maybe a few other select departments or I mean heart related or neurological for the most related. part that's the way it is yeah yeah okay. and, and then I mean to, to branch off on that even with even with a surgery, if you're going through a surgery, um, yeah. a lot of the time, so I'll, I'll say, um, let's say a, a hip or a knee replacement, which I deal a lot with, that those surgeries, like you're you're in the hospital for a short period and you'll get some hospital exercises and then and then they, they boot you out and they used to have the classes there. That, so that's the big one that ended two Novembers ago. So now all those people are, are stuck coming to see me, people like me and other people. <laughs> yeah. Um. So you attended our limb loss day, your company did, and, and um, there was conversation there. Um, so obviously we feel, uh, Paul and I, uh, and the limb loss, there's a gap here um, for huge, amputees. I'm not sure how it is in... a huge disconnect. Yeah, I'm not sure how it is maybe in different countries or whatever, but in, in, in our province, there's a little bit of a gap. So we're, we're released, the uh, amputation program at health sciences center is great they've got three pts there that have spent their lives with amputees they 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 know that but again 
their protocol is limited. They at this point, when you've reached this point, you are discharged from there, and you're set on the world alone. We do believe that there's a gap there that people could really benefit from extended physiotherapy coverage. Um, and and we're not there yet as a province, though, Paul. We're we're no. we're still kind of floating around in that that whole gap, eh? We're we're left to our own devices as soon as we are able to walk on our own. Yeah, from safely. the hospital, like yep. they they will discharge us, and at that point, we're just like, okay, well, I can walk, but how do I run? How do I, you know, get, become stronger? How do I, you know, further my fitness? So I guess when I'm when I'm talking to you about coverage, Matt, it's because of that. Is I mean. Uh, Paul is a, a, a MPI patient and I'm a WCV patient. So we were entitled to a little bit extra um, coverage. Coverage. Insurance is everything. <laughs> but our um, average amputee is dealing with either diabetes or a vascular disease or a cancer patient. They've got nothing after that gap. So that not being covered by our health system is definitely a problem for us because. Uh, I've seen some of the benefits of people going to that extended physio, and I, I think that uh, as an amputee, if you go right from the, the Health Sciences Center program into a program developed and designed by a physiotherapist to work on things like your gait, your mobility and stuff, that would be an important piece of this puzzle. Would you not agree? Yeah, for sure. And I mean, uh, you know, not, not that I want to um, downplay our, our system nope. because it's fantastic for yep. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but probably just like all other provinces, like the hospitals are slammed, they're slammed yep. with patients. So, yep. so their job and they're doing a great job is, is, um, let's treat these people with, uh, the best, you know, the with best the, what we're capable of giving. Exactly. Yep. And, and in the time frame. and in too. the time frame, Yeah. Um, but a lot of the times it's, it's kind of, I mean, I don't want to say the bare minimum, but like Paul said, you know, you start to walk and okay, see you later. Yes. But there's a lot of people who want to do a lot more than just walk. So, I mean, anyone who wants to run or play sports or do whatever, um, yeah, yeah that's, that's where you're going to want the extended coverage. Yeah. Um, and, and again, that's where I suppose um, private insurance would, would be playing a factor. Right. So some of our private insurances do cover physiotherapy for us in Manitoba. It's like the Blue Cross, the Great West Life. Uh, different things like that. They'll cover some portion of physiotherapy, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. So it depends on your workplace or your your plan that you have. Um, yeah. So your best bet, from what I'm seeing from this conversation, if you wouldn't agree, Paul, is that if you're in this position, your best bet is to give a physiotherapy clinic a call and let them, like if somebody was to call you, Matt, and say, this is what I need, you're, you're, qui- you're pretty quick to know what they can and can't have. You, you can tell them right away before they venture into any kind of dream that they're capable of getting this and capable of not getting it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we get we get, we get a ton of calls where people are, are asking, um, should I do physiotherapy? Should I do athletic therapy? Should I do massage? And and they are asking questions about their insurance. And, and so we can look it up right then and there. And, uh, and even, I mean, even coming up with a game plan, that follows or, or is appropriate for their for their insurance. So, um, you know, if they only have eight visits covered, essentially, then we do what we can in eight, and we make sure that they can self-manage at home and, and for sure have some type of exercise program so that they're doing stuff at home. So you do, you, you, you do just, give homework out? Yes, of course. Yeah. Yeah. You maximize each session and then, yeah, make sure they have something to build on for the next time. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I often tell people physiotherapy my, like my job is 50 percent of you getting better the other 50 percent is you doing it at home so oh okay like um that. so 
if we're talking from our standpoint here, if you're if you're willing to give it out, what is the average cost of a physiotherapy appointment? Uh, so it will vary depending sure. on the clinic. Um, oh. It's typically a range. So a normal initial assessment will will range anywhere from I think seventy two is pretty pretty low. Yeah. Um, but they'll go up to close to a hundred. So okay. they'll vary between that, and then a follow up visit will be. Um, anywhere from kind of high fifties to probably seventy five or so. Okay, Th- that's that's your average. I, yeah, it's a ballpark. So, so ballpark. the ballpark fit. We're we're working in ballparks, right? We don't want to nail anybody down, but that's a good ballpark for people to really focus on. That it's going to cost you somewhere in the neighborhood of fifty to a hundred dollars to to work with this if you don't have insurance per session. Yeah, per session, right? Per session. Yeah. But again, too. But what's your what's your what's your physical health worth to you? Like, what's your mental well, health? Well, I mean, that's something you have to decide. Right? I mean, that's, for me, that's a big deal. I mean, if I didn't have my my physical health, I mean, my mental health goes down with it. Like oh, it's, agreed. It's a package deal for me. It so. is a package deal. Um, it's so definitely an, it's an investment. In the physiotherapy world, is there differences in beliefs between physiotherapists? Like, do you have, you have your schooling and you have your education, but do you, Matt, have a different belief system than maybe the next physiotherapist or is it kind of like a common practice if I go to one and then another and then another I'm going to get the same um well you mentioned if you ask 10 different guys 10 different yeah PTs, you're going to get 10 did, different answers but I mean that's that's on answers I mean are you going to get similar exercises similar treatments yeah it'll vary it'll vary for sure yeah. and um so so the program that we go through is all the same we all come out of university with the same but oh, sure. um physiotherapy is a career where you're you're constantly taking courses right. um so for me uh i've taken courses through what we call the orthopedic division so it's kind of a it's kind of a manual therapy um uh pathway if you want to call Good. it that so yeah i take uh, a couple courses a year typically and so so for me um for example uh, my appointments are 45 minutes and i can guarantee you that i'm doing something hands-on because i consider myself a manual therapist so uh, some some hands-on treatment um for yeah. sure and then exercises and and yeah the exercises will vary i mean uh again for example i'm i'm a hockey guy so i love treating hockey players i have a lot of very hockey specific exercises okay but you know i might not know many archery uh type uh type exercises because i don't i don't really know too much about that so yeah i mean you're thinking exercises in regards to function and specificity you're probably going to get different ones from from different therapists but um so so some of them long story short is some people are very much exercise based some are very much manual therapy based some will do the modalities which for anyone who doesn't know what i'm talking about it's the ultrasound or the tens there people always say that there's a machine that zaps you mm-hmm. you know some people do those all the time um and and there's no right or wrong it's just what people find is the most effective and for me um it's manual therapy and exercise just more or less get people moving that's that's it so we we've uh, harped on on being able to interview prosthetists to make yeah. sure that we are we get along we we have a, a relationship with them because they're well they're they're helping us walk they, right, they right. are, are yeah. under our feet um would you recommend the same thing to a like when we're trying to find the right physiotherapist would you just say just go to any clinic you'll be fine or would you say maybe fine like call them and ask some ask a lot of questions about the the physiotherapist just to make sure that you're going to have a good well let's say a good relationship but i mean someone that can really 
specifically help your needs. Your goals. I mean, like you said, you're you're a hockey guy. Maybe for archery, maybe I'll find a, yeah. a physiotherapist that does more archery kind of thing, right? Or no. Is that it? Would that, that be an important thing? Is to actually go and see a physiotherapist before you choose to go and see them? Well, I mean, you you can get a lot of information on most of their websites, but perfect. I, yeah. I think, like you said, calling a clinic and and just saying, hey, you know, what can I expect? Um, what is this person going to do with me? If you've never been to physio before, yeah. and, and if you're you're kind of wondering. Um, yeah, they'll they'll give you an, an example. I, there's no um, no problem with calling the clinic because we get people who call our clinic all the time and uh, or or even walk in and uh, and if I see someone new and they're like, oh, can can this person help me? Can physio help me? I'll I'll go up and I'll introduce myself and you know oftentimes they have paperwork and I'll say, okay, yeah, I see this a lot or I don't see this a lot. Maybe see someone else. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, you can always just look online or or call. So. <clears throat> If we focus now, if we we try to shift the gears a little bit and let's focus on the amputee community. Um, I attended a conference last year and um, attended a a session with a physiotherapist that works with amputees and stuff like that. So got a lot of key pointers on that. So, And you've worked with a couple of us now, so you could see. You see what we need. Yeah, with your experience. Do you see some different things that might affect an amputee that they would an able-bodied person, different parts of the body that might be affected more? Yeah, I, I would say so for sure. And and to, to branch onto that, I mean, my experience, I, I did do a placement in university, which was five years ago. I, yeah. I know that. Yeah. But I was at the HSC or Health Science okay. Center um, department. So I saw people who were coming right out of surgery. Right out of yeah. Surgery. Yeah. Um, so it was really, really interesting to see the acute stages, and mm. and to me, that's probably where I would see a, a you know, there's definitely some differences. Mm-hmm. Um, but for people that I've seen, you know, post af- after, after, that, after, yeah, yeah, or maybe years later, yeah. Or so, um, yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely things to look for, but. I don't think they're as uh, they probably don't stand out as much as as when you're in the hospital and you're seeing that uh, okay right right out of the surgery yeah so obviously a lot of those areas of the body that are going to be affected by wearing a prosthesis on a long term are hips knees lower back that's basically kind of some of the complications or complaints that amputees have and I'm wondering. Is there anything that may attribute to that? Like, is there, with your knowledge and your experience of what you've seen, um, why do you think those areas of the body are are kind of become the problem, so to speak? Yeah, I mean, I I don't know if you want to use the word compensation, but I mean, okay, good, yeah, you know, um, you're you're going, you're gonna if you're if you're walking different, which probably happens quite a bit right after the surgery, Mm -hmm. um, and the way that I would explain it to someone is, I mean, if you're strong enough and if you're mobile enough, you might be able to last for the first couple years with a bit of a limp, and you know you don't really feel an ache or a pain, right? And then all of a sudden your body's gonna hit that breaking point. And all of a sudden, your back or your hips not going to like it, and you might ask, "Why did this happen? I didn't do anything different." Yeah, but it's just it's been going on for maybe a couple years. That's and the problem. You didn't do anything different, right? Well, yeah, <laughs> potentially, yeah. potentially, yeah, exactly. And and that can go. I mean, that could go for uh, you know the side that someone had an uh, an amputation, or it could go for the other side because you're you're compensating the other way. You're using the other leg 
too much. Um, yeah. So it, it can kind of be both both sides. Or, yeah. s- or running downstairs incorrectly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I suppose that's my job is to figure out what, is a- right. what exactly is going on. Yeah. Um, so based on your experience only, uh, again, these are opinions and experience that, that, uh, that Matt has. Uh, he's not speaking on behalf of the entire population, but it is an experience. Um, we hear a lot about the prosthesis, the actual prosthesis. Now, in your experience, to believe that is the prosthesis the 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 root factor? Is that what's to blame, or uh, I guess what I'm going for is that is the prosthesis the problem, or is it just the way we're walking or compensating that could cause those problems in other areas of the body? I I, w- I would think to myself if I'm making or having an assessment with someone, mm. then it, it's playing a factor. Okay. Um, it's kind of a, you know, is it the chicken or the egg type of thing? Sure. You know? yeah. Um, so, so it's hard to really say if that's the root cause, but, yeah. um, I would imagine that it's for sure playing a factor and, and take that into account. But, um, you know, as you said, it, it's kind of a kinetic chain thing. So the hip, the back, the knee and the prosthet- uh, prosthesis. So, um, hard, so hard question you, to answer. Sir. Do you think we would be better off if we were better informed let's say in the hospital um benefit from the physiotherapy there um if we left with like let's say a handbook and it's like okay well you're going to struggle with your knee your back and this so to prevent that try these exercises like just to better educate ourselves about what the potential uh injuries or i guess you know uh, I mean? maybe are, are you trying to say that we need a, a good practice like something that would help us with proper practice of yeah. uh, what we should be doing and shouldn't so be doing. So when we start walking again, we have an idea as, okay, we should be activating these muscles so we would we can prevent back injury down the line. Yeah, I mean, that that in the perfect world, that'd be, that'd that be awesome. Be lovely. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, not, it's not going to happen. In all honesty, what what might happen is, you know, on, on the final day you're at HSC, they might give you a little booklet, but that's not specific to one person. That's, that's right. That's it's general. global. Yeah. So, so in my opinion, the, the perfect thing that would that would happen is you do the HSC program, you're, you're doing well, they're happy with you. Um, they're going to say, see you later, shake your hand. And then the next week you get in to see a private practice physio and they might do something more specific. And, and that doesn't mean you're going to continue with private practice for Ever. you know weeks and months and years. It's just, Hey, you know, I'm pretty new into this procedure here uh, and this process. Um, this is where I'm at. I'm coming to the hospital. Do you have any suggestions? My goals are to run or to squat or jump or whatever it may be. So, um, that would be, you know, that would be the, the best thing is to go see someone pretty much right after. So, okay. So that's a great kind of lead in here. My next question to you was, do you think, uh, speaking as Matt, the physiotherapist, do you think that amputees would benefit from that? Again, what you said is that the rehab hospital, the rehab, the rehab program, the amputation program is great, but they're limited as to what they can do based on what their protocol is. But after... Do you agree that it would be nothing but a benefit to an amputee to, to continue that physiotherapy care immediately following that? That I don't believe that that a gap after being released from the rehab uh, program is, is beneficial to anyone. I, I believe that continued care 
with proper practices is only going to benefit benefit us in the long run, is it not? Yeah, absolutely. And to kind of go on what Paul was saying earlier too, like someone might come to me uh, potentially in no pain, Mm -hmm. but objectively, if I find, for example, their hip stabilizers are weak, Mm -hmm. um, they might be like, yeah, okay, you know, I can see the strength difference, but I'm in no pain. And I'll say, okay, you know, wait a couple years and yes. you're going to come and you're going to see me with either back or hip pain and, and not saying that I'm going to read into the future, but, um, objectively you're not as strong on the one side compared to the other side. Right. Therefore, which side is more likely to fail? Um, so yes, the answer, that's, the answer is yes. Um, and uh, I think that's what we're after. Yep, and, and I mean, exactly. we are trying to create that change where we, where we eliminate that gap. Yeah. And we're working together with uh, with some of these guys to see if we can eliminate that gap. Now, what Limb Loss is trying to do is trying to get into the hospitals to maybe raise some awareness on mm-hmm. just mental health and physical health. I think it's such just, a benefit uh, because I am the one seeing Matt right now for extreme hip pain and back pain. <laughs> <laughs> and that's from years of walking. Well, incorrectly. Incorrectly. If that's Would you record. say that, Matt? Speaking, because I'm you and I'm saying it's okay to talk. Like, <laughs> is it an incorrect walk that has caused my issue? Well, your your gait pattern is, is I would make a few adjustments. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well so we, we've done that. I have really bad hip pain and and it's caused me some, like, dis, not dissatisfaction. Discomfort. But some, well, discomfort, but it's a problem, right? I've all, all but had to stop running because I can't keep up with the pain in, in my hip. So, you know, in that lower back pain, I'm, I've got it right now. I mean, I've, I'm glad I found riding a bike because it takes such pressure off that it still keeps me active. You learn so many new things about your running, like just your, your stride and how your, your knee reacts, reacts to your, your, to the run, like to, to the running. And, and it's an, it was a negative impact and you found biking and it's because it's low impact. That's what helps you specifically. So what, if you talk about my situation, Matt, what is the hip pain that you think what is causing that extreme hip pain? So so what I find with, well, what I have found with you, you is, yeah. uh, is the hip stability was, was an issue for you. Yep. Um, so to me, that means some of the muscles that are surrounding the joint are working extra hard. So uh, they were quite tight. And, uh, and, uh, you know, pretty tender. Yeah. So, so we had to do two things. We, we had to loosen them up, get them moving a little bit better, but at the same time, stabilize things. So when you do run or walk, your hips not doing this little pop out, which we call the Trendelenburg, but, um, that's a sign of weakness. Um, Okay. So, so it's a bit of taking, taking the strain away, but also stabilizing it so that you can run and, and do the activities you want. Yeah. And. That hip pain, is it also a direct result of like, will it cause or will it, um, can it lead to, can it lead to the lower back pain that I'm having at the same time? Because I'm going to tell you this right now, that room was absolutely 100% full last year at that conference for the physiotherapist. Every amputee in there had lower back problems. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the whole thought of kinetic chain. So, um, is it the prosthesis that's making you walk a bit different, which is causing your hip to give you troubles, which is then causing your back, you know, that's, that's the kinetic chain. So, right. yeah, I mean, again, the chicken or the egg, what came first, um, or, no, no. or what caused what, but like, was it the back pain that caused you to limp? I, you know, who hard, knows, right? It's hard to, to tell, but 
yeah, yeah. The 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 knee or the hip can can definitely lead into yes. the back. My last physiotherapist said, well, and told me is like, are, yeah, or asked me is like, are you anticipating the pain or is it painful? It's like okay, what? well, you're you're almost anticipating like when you're when you take a step, yeah, you're anticipating it to be painful, so you compensate with the other side, right. and if you if it is painful, then then you're gonna do it too. But so either way, you're 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 walking incorrectly. But so if you're yeah, I, if you're I just anticipation. But I mean, if it's not painful, then don't walk that way. Yeah, but yes, it's hard to. So yeah. well, the body is the body is a. Uh, brilliant thing and, and it can it can compensate without you even knowing it yeah it's a and subconscious so you, thing right exactly you're gonna yeah. walk differently because it's easier to walk this way and there's not much pain but then what else is it doing to your body took the words out of my mouth yeah i got a i got a really loaded question for you okay okay do your best sure mm-hmm. um do you believe that as an amputee we don't we're not designed the way the sockets are designed and everybody will tell you this, it's the absolute truth. The way the sockets are designed, that's not mechanically how we were intended to walk. We grab fleshy areas, we 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 tighten up around the skeletal ish, uh, the bones, and we kind of center that mass and push it up, and that's how we're kind of suspended in a socket. So it's not kind of a natural, we're not putting the force through our heel, through the, you know, through the tibia, into the femur, uh, like where we're taking all that. Do you believe now with what you've seen, I mean, you've seen me, you've seen Paul, um, you know, the other amputees from when you said before, do you believe that we can walk pain-free for a lifetime with the situation that we're in and with the standard kind of accepted socket that we're using today? Yeah, that, that is a fully loaded question. It is. <laughs> <laughs> it's because, you know what, um, the only reason I'm asking it to you is because it is a it is a question. Am I going to be pain-free? So me, all these years later, i having pain now that I've never had before. Now, I didn't start running until I was 45. I didn't start doing all these things. So you're adding all these new things to the mix. Maybe I've hurt myself in different ways that it's got nothing to do with it, the prosthesis. But what I told you I saw at that physiotherapy session last year is a room full of 100 amputees. 100 of them had lower back pain, which is exactly what I'm experiencing, that that lower back pain. Yeah, I mean, so so I would answer that question um, pro- kind of a two, two parts here. Okay, so, good, good. Um, first of all, I think it's the prosthetist's job to make the actual socket as comfortable as possible. Right, not, absolutely. That's nothing to do with me. Yeah. Um, so they, they can answer that. Yeah. Um, but, or you guys could yeah. probably answer that. Um, yeah. But my answer, the way I would answer that is, if if someone is uh, is walking with the prosthesis and having hip or back pain, basically the best thing that we can do is make sure that every joint in their body that's connected to this issue is moving properly and strong enough and stabilized. Um, can I say for a lifetime you'll you'll be pain free? You know, no, because as yeah. you, as you get older, you're gonna get weaker, and then yeah. things are gonna and and you know Break arthritis down. and yeah. and all of that. But you know, for for the two of you guys sitting here in front of me, I don't see why we couldn't um, make things move as best as possible and and keep you as strong as possible, so that you guys are walking pain free. You know, minus the whole prosthetic right, thing that right, I said right, right. Um, for a long, long, long time. 
Okay. That, I think that was the best answer as you could have given under the situation. I mean, it's a tough question. Yeah. I'm asking you if you can walk pain-free because a thousand people are going to come and say, you said, yeah. and you answered that yeah, as yeah. politically yeah. correct as possible. <laughs> My case is going to be full by next week. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you get a hundred amputee uh, phone calls. Uh, yeah. It's really a team effort. I mean, everybody, yeah. you mean, it's not just the physiotherapist. It's not just the prosthetist. It's, I mean, it's, it's, takes a village kind of thing well it's also the the person and the client right so if 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 i set you up with a program to do and then you say hey matt i nothing's really changed in the month and you tell me you haven't done anything that i've asked you to do well then i'm gonna say well would yeah what do you expect a one 45 minute session or two 45 minute sessions a week or however many you choose to to do is not gonna cut it like you like i said 50 50 percent me 50 percent uh yeah what people do uh outside of outside of the clinic time well, I can say from personal experience, um, when I got to Matt, I was like approaching two kilometer run when I was fin. Like I couldn't even, I, it just hurt to move. Oh, and man. even though I was limited and we kind of used up what we could, I, I was making it to three, four by the time we were done. So I'm, I'm assuming, you know, continuing down the road with Matt, I could probably push those 5k runs now, um, but just that's just from some, you know, different exercises that I was given. Uh, some I really liked, and some I freaking hated. <laughs> uh, but I guess that goes hand in hand, right? There's always one. There's there's always a couple of the movements that I just can't stand to do. I can't but, stand to do, yeah. But at the same time, yeah, I've I've definitely reaped the benefits of seeing a physiotherapist. Uh, just well, Matt specifically, but. Um, I've shaved off time off my 5k and that's, that was yeah. a huge goal of mine. And I'm and, just putting and it out there. I hate it. the monster walk. <laughs> I could It's, it's one of the best more. ones though. I, I hate <laughs> the monster walk, especially with the band. Yeah. It's hard enough to do the monster walk without the band. I hate Man it with the band. That's how I feel about yeah. that one too. Those well, slack well, off I'm home. making a program for Paul coming up here and he, and I asked him which exercises he hates and he says, well, those are the ones that are probably the best for me. And, and, <laughs> yeah. and he, and he's right. I know they're good for me, but. Man, yeah. I hate doing them. Yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of one of those things. So, Matt, in your in your best experience as an amputee, what do you think is one or two of the craziest muscles that we have to make sure that we we keep strong and keep functioning properly to help us say increase the longevity of pain-free lifestyle? What are the, you know, a couple of muscles that we really need to keep working on yeah um that's a good question i would pick two uh your glute med which is basically your butt muscle that's right on the side um that's a hip stabilizer which is going to be super important mm. uh, and then the second one is uh vastus media alice oblique which is it's base it's your quad it's your in inside of your quad uh those would be the two and, and that's a big knee stabilizer okay yeah. so those are the that's the, the knee stabilizer and the, the hip, hip stabilizer. stabilizer yeah those are going to be super important for gait I wouldn't have thought that. That's okay. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and if you had to say there's one exercise out there for those of us who, or for those out there that don't qualify and don't have insurance and are sitting at home, um, and I'm s- asking you if there's one exercise we could do for the glute, what would it be? For the glute? Okay, so I'll... I'll I'm going to give you two. Okay. Um, and, and, and there's a reason for it. it it's totally dependent on um, stages. So sure. if, you, if you're early on in the process and if you're, you know, maybe doing the hospital exercises mm-hmm. you've been told to and not super, super functional, mm-hmm. um, 
the glute, uh, I would go with the bridge. So that's lying down, um, knees bent, popping the hips up. Uh, really good glute exercise. And that's, I mean, I would consider that a bit of a beginner exercise. Sure. Um, but that's, that's, enjoy that one too. yeah, that's the early stages. Um, and then for more functional people who are, who are, you know, maybe have been, uh, been an amputee for, for years mm-hmm. and they want to work on their hip stability for whatever reason, balancing, or they want to run further. I, I actually would go with the monster walk. You guys are going to laugh at that, uh, but I would I hate I the monster walk. I knew it. I yeah. knew it. I hate the monster walk. <laughs> so, but the bridge, right? Knees bent, pop your, your, your pelvis up to the sky, really yeah. tighten those glutes Squeeze at the, the glutes. top. Yeah. yeah. Um, that can be done from ages 10 to s- 70 i mean that's yeah. a fairly simple exercise yeah low key you can lie down you can do it you can much. lie down yeah and it's not a big strain on your cardio system it's just really tightening those muscles right absolutely and 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 the bridge in particular can be you know it can be progressed into further and and i'll i'll say this for myself you know i'm i'm a young guy 30 and a hockey player and and i work out quite a bit I do bridges, different forms of bridges, weighted bridges, resistance bridges all the time. Um, so it's, it's not really just a rehab exercise. It can be, it can be, it can be progressed into wow. pretty, like in, cha- pretty challenging. So it, it's a good one. same way there's a hundred different pushups you can do. There's probably several different bridges you can do. Yeah. yeah. And for everybody that's out there, that's wondering what the heck are we talking about? Can you give us a brief description on the monster walk? Oh yeah, the monster walk uh, is it is one of my favorite ones to do and also to give to people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're basically in a mini squat. So you're standing there. Your knees are shoulder width apart. Tiny bit of a knee bend. You can put a band around your feet or your ankles or your knees. Um, the That's way that, a uh, tension band. One of those tension bands. Yeah, like a resistance yeah. band. Resistance and band. Yeah. They can be light or they can be heavy depending yeah. on where you're at. Um, so you're gonna stay with that little bit of a mini knee bend and you're doing a side shuffle, trying to keep your feet shoulder width apart. Don't let them come together. And don't let yourself pop up and stand up. So you're staying in that little mini squat. So you're going to do... Keep the squat and walk sideways. Pretty much. Keep the squat, walk sideways. Keep your toes pointing forward. Yeah. And tension on the band. Ta- yep. and, and you'll feel it right... If you feel it right in the side of the hips or the bum, uh, yep. then, oh, yeah. then you're doing it right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the next muscle was... I didn't catch the, the full uh, scientific quad. name, but the quad muscle. Quad the yeah, yeah. Part Say of that quad. name again. Vastus medialis oblique. Oh, VMO. So it's part of, yeah, you're inside of your quad. <laughs> the inside of your quad. Okay, so what would be one or two good exercises going from, just like you did the last one, because that was perfect, going from fairly easy, common, that anybody could do to one that's a little bit more Basic uh, to sure. specialized. Yeah, yeah. One big one you're probably going to get a lot in the hospital is, uh, and, and it's a beginner one, you're lying on your back. You either roll up a towel or um, actually people always tell me they use uh, like their uh, coffee cans, like a Folgers coffee can. Okay. And you put it under the knee. Mm-hmm. So you're literally just lying there, um, towel under the knee or coffee can under the knee and pushing the back of the knee into it and extending forward and holding for five seconds. So um, you're basically just kicking the ankle up towards the ceiling and then back down. So you're you're lying on your back. On your back. Put a coffee can under your knee. Or a towel, yeah. Or a towel. And you just straighten your feet, your legs out. Yeah. Yeah, and then right. hold, I, I like to hold it. It's, it's then, for me. It should be an endurance exercise, so I, I like to I'm hold it. I'm a big for, believer in time under tension. <laughs> so that? it's time under tension. Was it? Yeah, that's right. So holding, like holding something, yeah. and then slowly lowering it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Okay, and so if we're a little bit more advanced, what would be a good exercise for that muscle? So, so for me, that's um, getting really into functional things. So, uh, I'm I'm a big believer in functional exercises. Okay. So, um, just a squat would be what I would go with. A squat. Yeah, and that would also be good for the glute, would it not? Too. Yep. Oh, yep. squat. I don't mind doing squats. There's two exercises I absolutely despise in the world of exercise. <laughs> One is that damn monster walk. The other one is the kettlebell throw. Uh, yeah. My swing. wife and I used to don't do kettlebell throw. Yeah. I don't, hate don't kettlebell throw throws. I don't know why. <laughs> I, I think that's what gave me all my back problems. I'm going to... Oh, sure, sure. No. You're talking to the wrong guy here because I'm an absolute fan of that thing. <laughs> does a full body workout. It is awesome. Just did some um, about an hour ago. <laughs> how important is posture, Matt? Uh, in regards to? Anything. Life. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I talk about posture all the time, and and that this conversation can go along with um, the whole kinetic chain thing. So I okay. mean, if, if we're talking about um, yourselves, for example, I mean, we've talked about the the knee, the hip, the low mm. back, but it can for sure affect your posture. So okay, um, we don't want to be and that and when I talk to people about gait, that's one of the things is don't lean forward. You know, keep keep upright, and and there's certain exercises to work on for that too. So so. I guess let's switch back to just people. No amputee, no able body, just people. Is there three or four exercises a day, first thing in the morning or before we go to bed or in the middle of the day that you say are probably, in your experience, are probably the three or four best exercises that would say encompass everything from posture to agility to flexibility? Is there three or four exercises that if you said, if you never want to see a physiotherapist, I mean, you're shooting yourself in the foot, right? But, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, we're all here for overall health. But if you never want to see a physiotherapist, Which we try recommend. these three or four exercises every day. It'll give you the best all-around um, health. Sure. And don't say monster walk. Don't <laughs> don't say monster, monster walk. walk type one, two, and three. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, so, I mean, if we're slightly talking about the whole posture idea, yep. which I think is actually important. Yeah. Um, you, we always, I mean, you, you could argue between a few physiotherapists, whether okay. it's uh, kind of stretching out the front of your body or strengthening the back to keep everything upright. I, I like doing a little bit of both. So, okay. so a few exercises would be a pec stretch to me. So that'd be the, I'm, most people have probably seen it or done it is the doorway stretch. You put your arms on the doorway, lean forward and your shoulders are going to pull yourself back. Oh yeah. So that's just your standard pec stretch. Um, so that that's stretching the front and then strengthening the back. Um, what, what I give a lot of is different types of rows and, and there's again, a million types of rows, but um, any type of, cable pulley or, or resistance band, you hook it around something and you're basically pulling towards yourself yeah. uh, and pinching your shoulder blades back. Yeah. So stretching out the front, strengthening the back, that's that's going to help you. Um, That'll help posture in, in too, right? To yeah. Posture, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, lower body? Yeah. So um, lower body, I mean, you you could go with a bunch of different mobility exercises. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm really big into function. Mm -hmm. I love... I love functional exercises. So I would probably go with, um, I've already said squats, so I'm not going to say squats. I would probably go with something like a, a form of a lunge or a step up. Okay, gotcha. Um, and that's more of a functional strengthening exercise that'll target a couple different muscles. Step up, so you like one foot up, one foot down, one foot up, one foot down, or 
yeah. climbing the stairs or something. Good, okay. More or less, and progressing to more challenging. Okay, like those a, are a couple of electric squat. Those are a couple of pretty good exercises. Yeah, I, I would I'm say surprised so. you didn't say deadlift. No, no, I don't think so the much? deadlift. Well, now well, I got one. You, well, let me ask you why. Why, Why are you the surprised deadlift? that I am not saying deadlift? Uh, <clears throat> well, aside from you mentioned it one time, that was one of your favorites. But um, for me, for you personally, mm-hmm. uh, okay. Uh, but for me, I, I think it's made a big difference uh, when I walk. When I run, I should say, you gave me some really good advice one time: is use your glutes to push off, and and that was a huge changer in my run. That changed my, my timing for one, and. Yeah, and strength. It's just part of strengthening the back, and like we talked about, strengthening the glutes at one point, and it's and it's, you said the kinetic chain. It all works together, right? Yeah. And so that's all. That's the only reason I'm. How would you feel yeah. about? What do you feel about planking? Love them. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. I I was reading an article the other day, and if they, the whole conversation was is, and I did find, uh, back in the day when I had. Um, some stuff going on and we were working on posture. Uh, one of the guys that I had working with me was like a plank a day, a plank a day. And you, you slowly build up your time. If you start with 10 seconds and you start with 10 and then you just go gradually increase your time. But uh, I guess that core stability is what drives that whole, the whole body, right? Is that core stability? Yeah. And the theory, I mean, I think planking is becoming more popular now with, with regards to the rehab world, but the, the idea of being able to stabilize and work on your core without having a movement. So what I mean by that is like, so for example, you take the Russian twist exercise where you're sitting down and you're mm-hmm. rotating your back. A lot of people won't give those because you're twisting your back right. or, or a full on sit up. You know, a lot of people don't like to give give that exercise because yeah. your whole back is moving. Yeah. So a plank is you're your stationary and, and you're stabilizing your core. So therefore, you're pretty safe to do it. And it's a fantastic exercise. Yeah. I, I got to backtrack to Paul saying my favorite exercise is a deadlift because if I have some of my physio buddies, they're, they're going to yell at me for saying they, they would never give out a deadlift to anyone. This is for me and, and it's weight dependent and technique dependent yeah. because a lot of people are really against the deadlift. Um, Fair enough. But, you know, it's very person dependent and goal yes. specific. So, of course. Uh, clarify that. That's, that's <laughs> and, No, I appreciate that. I, I, I felt hold like, on a yeah, sec here. Like, We're doing, I mean, Matt, one. you said is 30 years old and Paul, Hockey you're in your 30. Yeah, These guys yeah. are young guys. They're, the two guys sitting in front of me are fairly fit. So that's a conversation between the, uh, them. Uh, in the physiotherapy world, though, uh, some of the things we've discussed here, especially the planking. Now, do, do you have a preference between elbow or like a full elbows locked uh you know, push up plank, or is it just all the same as long as you're doing something? Uh, it, that's just person dependent. That's like sometimes you'll go from a from a wall plank to someone who's 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 not fit to be on the bench plank, and then you go from the bench then down to the floor. Okay, so, yeah, definitely a progression to be had there. Yeah, everything has progressions. Everything, everything has progressions, and it depends, guys. It depends. So don't go. It full depends. Out. <laughs> Ooh, we tied that in. That's like there that whole Absolutely. thing. There you go. Uh, <laughs> so if you're out there and you want a couple of exercises to do, no matter whether you're 10 or 70, obviously you've got to talk to your doctor first to make sure you're safe to do that, or see your physiotherapist to make sure you've got a game plan that's safe healthy by trained experts. That's the most important thing, right? Yeah, All absolutely. the stuff we're doing, we're just talking here, but Matt is trained. And before you do any of this, it's best to give those guys a call. I've done a lot of exercises on my own, but I found the most benefit out of seeing a professional Yeah, and, and having it 
instructed to me correctly. You so, are in a controlled yeah. environment with these guys and they can make sure that you're doing this stuff correctly. Your results will just fly through the roof as soon as you have someone to yeah. teach you this properly. But if you're out there and you're looking for something nice and easy to do, uh, the bridge is there for you with that nice tight glute there. Um, so is that monster walk. No. <laughs> <laughs> but those are some of the exercises you can do. And as an amputee, you really need to focus on that lower back, strengthening yes. that lower back, strengthening yes. that core. Uh, it's very important. These are all very common issues that we all have. Yeah. It was a great conversation. Again, I learned a ton from another podcast that we were doing. Matt is in the city. Um if you want any information on Matt, the physiotherapist, you are free to give me a call. I have no problem giving out his information. Um, we've worked with him. We've seen the benefits of what he does. Um, but like he is, very politically correct, all physiotherapists can benefit you in some way. Yeah. It's been a good evening. Thank you, fellas. Thank you very much. Thanks, Thanks Matt. for having me. Conversation, information, and education for amputees by amputees.